you know, I would describe on my side, the entrepreneurial side is like, until I bet on myself, I didn't know I could do this or wanted to do this or like could stomach it. And once you've done that, what you understand is once you fail, if you do fail, you can just pick yourself up and start again, something else or somewhere else. And I think it's the same there because at, at that point, if like you're a 22 year old, an 18 year old, a 25 year old, a 28 year old, whatever the age bracket it is and saying like, I want to go win the CrossFit games or go to the CrossFit games. That's where you're at in your life of, you know, and you have to decide from a business or an entrepreneurial perspective, because that's a piece of it is like, am I willing to do what it takes to do that? Um, and then you got to better yourself. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Invictus Mindset Podcast. Today's guest is the CEO of HWPO Training. He's making his third appearance on the show. I guess they say... Third times, third times a charm. I'm at none other I, I than the guess, legend, I guess. Matt O'Keefe. Thanks for joining me again, man. Oh, oh thank you. I, lo- I love coming on and, and getting to catch up with you. So thanks for having me back. Um, I didn't realize this is our third time. It's awesome. Third time, man. And I mean, it's also really cool because we get to cross paths briefly at events and I get to kind of fanboy from afar and see all the cool things you guys are up to and then, you know, share them a little bit. But first and foremost... That beard's getting thick, man. <laughs> oh, I know. It's like it's days are numbered. I have a, I you know we'll see this week. Later this week, I'll be at the open announcement. Uh, Mallory is doing it, so it could be off by then. Um, I I I, uh, I grow it generally annually to ski because I ski a fair amount in the winter. Totally. So I um I I'm I I think it's it's interesting though when you're not a beard person and you like it's temporary, you tend to like touch it too much oh i'm sure so it's like if you if somebody could play a game if they're watching this podcast how many times would keep going to touch <laughs> if it was if it had, if it had beer related to it you'd get drunk your, so. how does your wife like it does not so and the reason the reason why i ask is you know according to bro code men grow beards for other men they don't grow them for their significant others <laughs> Yeah, I don't think there's any of them that love it, um, especially if it's like not how you normally walk around. So yeah, no, not a big fan. Keeps me warm though. It's so cold up here. Oh, I'm sure. In the winter, uh, we ski some real cold days uh, up in Maine where we ski a lot, and um, and I, w- I took a trip to Japan, which is really cold, um, which produces some of the best skiing because of it. Uh, so it, it keeps my face warm. Totally, man. You alluded to a, a few cool things that I want to unpack today. You've been, you've been dancing all over the world, man. We, I think last time I crossed paths with you was at Wadapalooza. Shortly after that, you went up to Japan with the Buttery Bros and Matt Bickle, which for those of you listening, if you haven't checked that episode out on YouTube with the Buttery Bros and O'Keefe, and I believe it's titled... Um, man loses 175 pounds to become an amazing skier, referencing Matt Bickle. And um, selfishly, he's going to be out here in like a week. So I'm pumped to spend some time with him and tag along on some of his yoga adventures. And then lastly, man, we're in the middle of the CrossFit Open, which you and I both know for the CrossFit space is always a busy time of year, a little bit uh, pressure, high anxiety, even when they're taking the top 10%. Something about being in this space this time of year just like brings that heart rate up just a little bit. <laughs> it sure does. It's um, 
Oh man, we could talk about that for days. Where I live too, like I live on two sides of that. Like I am a CrossFitter, so I love mm -hmm. it, right? And um, I, my body is a little beat up, so like I wasn't really able. I didn't do the first workout. Um, my back, I, I just have this like nagging back thing going on. Um, I actually really wrecked myself skiing in Japan. I, that that was <laughs> that was the reason. I think that I think it's in the video when I tweaked my back oh, and dumped on our backcountry ski, skiing adventure. Um, just byproduct of all the miles on my body from the years. But the um, but I did do this week, and I, I was you know I, again again my first wor workout of this year, and it was like I'm always reminded of. I love the energy around it. And it's just like such a gathering point in the gym. Um, I mean, it's the largest sporting event that we can figure out in the history of the world. Mm -hmm. It's such a cool, awesome event. Um, and then on the elite side, it's like stressful because it's not important, but it's hard to tell a competitor that it's not important to, uh, to, you know, to look at that and like measure off of it. It really isn't, you know, it's like not an area that they would train for. Um, they're training through it. A lot of times they might have done other workouts that morning before they actually do the workout. And, uh, you know, 10% for them is a lot of people don't understand that, but like 10% for them is like, you know, they could have not trained for a month and, and still qualify in the top 10%. But what did Glassman um, say but, with some of his onset within the CrossFit structure was that, you know, when you put a score on a whiteboard, people are going to die for points. I know Justin Medeiros likes to talk about that as well, as far as his personal philosophy and, in in-person competitions, yeah. but you and I both know it's a lot easier to hide when you're not posting your score somewhere or, I mean, it's one of the things that helped beyond the whiteboard kind of blow up a little bit and there's positives and negatives yeah. to that, right? Like there's, <clears throat> there's people short change in movement patterns in pursuit of the score. And then there's also like, you know, the other side of that, which is amazing, which is a little bit more gas, like not, not quite letting go of that throttle because they're trying to compete against their buddies or they know, you know, a, a distant relationship is going to see that score on the leaderboard on, on games.crossfit.com. So true. All of it. Yeah. I, um, it's, it's, a, it's really the magic of CrossFit, uh, that, that at least from my perspective, what I've experienced is like, you know, a competitive athlete in college and then lost a little bit on just health and wellness. And then, you know, having done many other things, fitness that just like are super repetitive and boring and, hard to get excited about and without a target too, you know, I ran marathons, I've done, you know, those adventure races, like things that, you know, you know, you build to say like, all right, at least I have something to point towards four months from now that'll keep me interested that, you know, that's every day in a CrossFit gym because, you know, you're like, just what you said. I love it. Like I don't get to my affiliate. I don't own one, the one that I go to CrossFit the swamp as much as I would like to, but when I go in, it's different. Like I just like, there's magic, you know, running and chasing people down and, you know, when, or if you're last and there's a bunch of people cheering for you, you know, it's, um, it's so cool. Yeah. That, that, that element then translates for them too. in just a different way. It's like, you know, my a score on the board and these top tier, top tier athletes, you know, that are chasing the podium at the games too. It's another level of, you know, there's scrutiny that comes with oh, like yeah. the videos being published and which is like, Hey, it's all part of the job. It's not complaining. It's just like, it's just an interesting phase of the year that on the, you know, when you're coaching games athletes, you look to just like get through. Mm -hmm. um, I'm excited. Mal's doing the announcement. Like, I think that's a really cool tool, you know, that I learned with, you know, working with Matt mostly 
um, that just kind of like gets it out of the way. And, you know, competitors like Matt and Mal, particularly like they perform really well in those environments, mm -hmm. Be, you know, because, you know, I mean, look at Mallory the last year and then this year, like every workout she's done has been like first or second in the world. And that's at home. Um, she just gets up for things that are going to show up, you know, in, in a score um in a really cool way matt was always like that too like any open announcement like i don't think he's ever redone one out uh he did one the first one when he did it with rich uh because his shoe came off trying to do a clean <laughs> jerk so he like redid it because he missed the lift but you know most of the time that score like matt did um i don't remember if, what year it was but the one 19.5 on the roof in miami when i was at loud and live um, he did that thruster chest bar workout that was disgusting. Yeah, that one was and nasty. He literally put it out to the world and nobody could mm -hmm. touch it, you know? Um, so, yeah, it's... it's um, some cool environments yeah, out a, there, man. And it, it, it definitely yeah. just goes to show, too, that, like, I know we say it, but to actually feel it during the open, the power of community. Trident Coffee is sponsoring this episode of the Invictus Mindset Podcast. My guys over at Trident taught me something really important this last year, that we are all a bundle of stories, both good and bad and everything in between. At Trident, they're storytellers. All of their cold brews remind their customers that, that they are part of something bigger than themselves. They help create connections through symbology and storytelling that engage their customers on an emotional level, and this distinguishes them from other coffee brands. You can find Trident in Imperial Beach and in Coronado. They offer over 14 plus nitro cold brews along with dairy-free options. You can find the perfect brew and pair it with one of their treats from their keto bakery. All these options will allow you to support your health and fitness journey with Trident Coffee. They're more than just a coffee company. You can check them out over at tridentcoffee.com and use code INVICTUS20 for 20% off online and in tap rooms. Once again, that's tridentcoffee.com. Use code INVICTUS20 for 20% off online and in tap rooms. Take your coffee experience to the next level. Two important factors for us over at Invictus Mindset are true care and attention to detail. My friends over at RX Mark here have been bringing innovative fitness tools to the market since 2009. From their award-winning Evo speed ropes, to their amazing gymnastics grips, to their line of inflatable fitness equipment, they're constantly looking to problem solve within the fitness industry. They're always allowing us to have our gear work for us rather than against us. Hop on over to RX Mark Gear and use discount code INVICTUSMINDSET to shop their latest cutting edge gear. Have your gear work with you and not against you. And also the relatability, you mentioned, you know, the recreational component, but then also the elite component, you're doing the same workout. And so it's cool to kind of have that connection, even playing field, everybody's attacking the same reps, the same, same weight more often than not. And it's in pursuit of the common goal of like, let's better ourselves and throw down and then let's sure. talk about it afterwards and, you know, have some cool dialogue and storytelling associated with doing hard things. So true. Yeah. I've loved the application of, uh, the, the more common athletes like myself that are doing the workout before the, the games level athletes in the open announcements this year. I think it's just like more, um, I think they nailed that honestly, cause that's like 
who we are as a community is, you know, more people on that side are doing it that way. And they're just as passionate as anybody on the professional side. Um, you know, we all, you know, every, I mean, we're programmers, like everything we do, um, we know is geared around people getting really ready for this time of year. Mm -hmm. So it's super cool. It's just fun. It's just fun. It's like, it also like kicks off a really, uh, cool time for the next, you know, whatever, five months or so, six months. Um, it's it's awesome. Yeah, totally. I love this time of year. Matt, I want to backtrack a little bit. Some people know mm -hmm. a little bit about your story. Some don't, but like, you're always such a forward thinker. You have such unique business savvy about you. And you alluded to it a little bit where you played collegiate sports and then maybe lost touch mm -hmm. a little bit with your connection to fitness and movement and eventually found your way. And for people that don't know, in my humble opinion, you're kind of paving the way for athlete management and Gently creating a structure for people that are creators with movement and brand development. How did you, first and foremost, find your way back to fitness? And then how did that eventually lead you kind of towards this, this role of athlete development and brand development? Yeah, uh, great question. I, I walked through, uh, like everybody that might be listening to this and you, I walked through the, the door of an affiliate you know, I mean, that's a really direct, simple, if I had to give a quick answer, um, you know, that changed fitness for me, um, for all those things we talked before, like I found a place that, um, was interesting every day and man, I have trained every way, you know, um, on done strength and conditioning because it was a part of my role on a team in school, um, or preparing cause I wanted to get that opportunity to play out of school after high school, um, you know, I was always, um, always as a kid, like, you know, I was a kid that was outside all day, every day playing sports and like, or training all the time, running randomly, you know, younger than most people would take the time to like train for something. My era is like a little different too. Like there wasn't as much focused training that went on during, it was like more of the people that were training were like really, um, motivated. They, that's how you were looked at in my era. It was not like a ton of like strength and conditioning programs Sport, you know, AAU was barely a thing. I'm, I'm that old. Um, <laughs> I'd so, also argue just to jump in real quick that it was more play and the way you found out where people were was not through like a group chat. Like it is now. It was like a ton of bikes outside somebody's house just sitting on the lawn. You're like, Oh, that's where everybody's at. And they're getting after it, you know, in whatever sport they're playing. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, summer, summer, like I played a ton of baseball. Um, that was like my real passion still is like my favorite sport. Um, that, you know, I mean, golf's up there too now. And I've, you know, done that post, you know, sort of my playing days I've you know, played after, um, as like an outlet. Don't forget um, pickleball, man. Yeah, like, you and the crew are getting erotic around oh, pickleball. This is, this is, uh, it's new. This, that that has legs. I can tell you that. <laughs> we are excited about it. Um, but yeah, like I, I um I walked through the the door of an affiliate, and you know I had been doing a lot of like yoga and this training called TRX, and getting bored as hell. Like you know, ran some marathons, and man, I, I like. I, I tell this often, like I did an open workout my first week at a CrossFit gym and um, at an affiliate. And it was, uh, I think it's 13 or 12.1 was seven minutes of burpees. Mm -hmm. I think it was 12.1. And that was the first workout that after my baseline that I did in a CrossFit gym. So I did my baseline on a Monday, 
Um, they used to do the announcements on a Wednesday and I got back, get like approved to go to class for Thursday and Thursday they handed me a partner and a clipboard and said, count his reps and then he's going to count yours. And I had no idea what I was doing other than they were like, can you go hard for seven minutes on it? And I was like, yeah, on anything. Sure. So I, I just like, and I got, I got that like taste in my mouth and like people were yelling at me. I'm like, this is awesome. So, um, you know, that, that, um, that part for me was, you know, um, I, I don't remember. Can you just refresh what, what the exact question is? I'm just curious. I, like, like it's so interesting to me, the identity shift that takes place when somebody identifies as a, a high level collegiate athlete. And then they, they lose yeah. touch with it for a little bit. Life gets a hold of them. They get in pursuit of, of money, family, whatever the narrative is. And I'm curious how you found your way back into fitness. And it sounds like the origination was walking back into an affiliate where your first experience was the seven minutes of burpees, which is a challenging first experience, but also incredible at the same time. And then based on your original lenses, finding your way back to fitness how you saw an angle to help represent athletes to steer them towards the professional the professionalization of sport. So the, the, on the first part to finish that is like, a, it was competitive, which I think was like really helpful at that time in my life. Like I was competing in golf, um, you know, and you know, this, you know, and at the time just like almost unhealthy competitive in general, hadn't really found my business outlet yet. Um, so it was, um, it was like, it just fit for me at that time. Um, but then that just like really taught me that, um, you know, I found a style of training now today, I'm still in it, whatever, 10, 11 years later that, um, prepares me for anything is what I've learned in the process. Right. So it was like, you know, training, um, you know, the CrossFit methodology, uh, the way we do it, um, in our rendition of it, um, I love, uh, you know, and I'm like more towards like a, you know, no barbell, no gymnastics approach now um, on a day to day basis, a little bit of that here and there. But I'm trained like if 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 something in our community comes up and it's like, hey, let's go run a 10K or a 5K or like I'm like, I'm ready for it, you know. And so um, that from a training perspective was, I think, what m most was the glue and resonated with me was that. I was now signing up for pointing towards goals that I had always like sought out. Um, and I didn't have to like, you know, rethink about how I approached each of those things. Um, I could all, I could stay consistent with this. So now I know like what I'm doing always is if I'm not like completely engaged with, I'm doing this, um, I'm actually training knowing that something will come up and I'm preparing, you know, now it's for me golf and skiing. It's like, you know, when I'm, you know, when I'm golfing, I'm getting ready to ski when I'm skiing, I'm getting ready to golf. Um, and you know, hence part of the reason we've come out with something like that is it's an area that I've seen opportunity, but also been a part of, and I really want to train golf. Um, it's unique. What I love I about this is that a, if you stay ready, you never have to get ready, but B yeah. It affords you the opportunities to do this little thing called whatever you want. You don't have to sit there and be <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I have this trip coming up. I have this three-month window. I need to specifically train for that because I was gently irresponsible on the time domain in front of that. And so inevitably, it's like that consistent yeah. slow drip of discipline, not to mention in your world, the relatability. I mean, the majority of these CrossFit athletes, like, 95 to 99% of their life is CrossFit. So if you're not partaking in their world, 
the relatability factor is tremendously declined. It is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the hard part with like, well, I think any sport, like the distance on it, like when you look at an NBA player on a floor, it's like more inspirational than aspirational. We just have like a, like a big blend here on our side. I love that is like finding things we can train people for that are, have some, you know, a big aspirational crowd, but it's hard to compare it to this. Um, that also has a detriment to it um, sometimes because it looks really hard and, you know, crazy when you watch it on TV mm -hmm. or, and what, you know, um, our friends do on a daily basis is like, it's not, it's not what we do or you, you did it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm lesser tried to compete for a bit, but my, my point is, is it's, um, yeah, but when you get around it enough, like it's like golf that that's what I've loved. Like that's been my, you know, easy comparable for so long from a business as we kind of transition to that conversation. It's just, um, you know, especially now I've been out on tour a bunch with Scott and, you know, you, people just have no idea. I mean, I'm a scratch golfer. The distance between me and Scott is like insane. Right. And people, because it's a, 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 it's like CrossFit, a sport that you can like watch a workout or see a golf course and then go play it, you know? And I like, I could go to a tour stop and shoot par and then you look at the scores that they played that and some of them shoot over par, but it's a different setup. It's a different golf course. Oh, and the tension is insane. Uh, it's just like a trap, I guess. Um, but it's cool. And it like far is more, more positive that the positivity far away is the negativity on that side. And it's just the reality of it sometimes. Like just people get caught in the trap of like, you know, looking at that and it either is a deterrent or um, attractive for people to do it because they see it and, and it, you know, it's super cool. Um, I think that with what we do in CrossFit, the issue then becomes like 400 pounds over somebody's head, you know, um, you know, like, you know, that would be like the most unrelatable is like these like super heavy weights getting moved mm -hmm. and people thinking that's it. Well, it's not like I, I, you know, it's funny. I said this this weekend, did the open workout, did my thruster and I was like, geez, like, I haven't cleaned a barbell over 135 in a year and a half by choice. Like I'm just like moving in a different direction and did with that far more. And I was like ready for it. You know, it's pretty cool, you know, and it, it, it's just kind of like whatever your focus is, but on the bit, on the business side of it, um, I think like, you know, you, and you've experienced this through your career in this space too, is just, it's like for a long time, such green space, and uh, we were so fortunate to be where we were to sp at the start of, you know, what what is now this global sport and thriving and growing and uh, just, you know, getting better and bigger every year. And um, there was just like not it was a it was a backyard, you know, barbecue for the world championship at that point, And it was super cool. And some you're always going to start somewhere. And that's exactly where you should start. It's just like not too big and. You know, um, that's a really good example from a business perspective of like, you know, not always looking at being everything immediately and just like being authentic and, and doing things for the right reasons. They grow. I think I so, heard you say you know, too on another podcast, something along the lines of um, walking towards something rather than running towards it. And I think that's a perfect analogy for this because you didn't really know what CrossFit was going to turn into. And so it was like walking towards it, participating in it, getting a feel understanding the ethos. And then at some point, you know, somewhere within that marker of like 2015 to 2018, when it really started to explode, 
and you saw like the different partnerships getting involved. You saw the sport changing where it was kind of like you're not just doing one workout of the day anymore. Now they're tinkering with strength and conditioning principles, accessory work, energy systems. You're getting physiologists wanting to play. And then there's body work. And, and like all these angles started to, I guess yeah. m- instead of angles, maybe it was levels that we started to see. And the tinkering there is what got really exciting. And you were around at that time with Redline yep. as Matt was kind of beginning his journey, transitioning from the Olympic Training Center. And all of a sudden he's, he's challenging, you know, the champ at the time being Rich Froning. And the sport and the business side was like, blossoming relatively parallel to Matt's blossoming it seemed like from the outside looking in yeah it was a you know um it was the right place at the right time but then it was like obviously a quick identification of all you know what you were saying it was such a new sport that those who um took it really seriously could separate themselves really fast obviously the prerequisite being you had the talent and ability to train the right way and focus and you know you had the right switch you could flip when it you know it was time to go dark um and matt was like the the sort of second generation of athletes to come through and you know everybody before was like this like real like tattooed on your shoulder crossfitter right and um and not to say that the next generation wasn't that but like the attraction to guys like matt coming in was the sport not necessarily the 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 methodology side it was like oh i i can do that you know i think and um i want to stay fit but let let me go try that because i think i can be good at that because i have moved to barbell for 10 years and they thought about winning from the beginning not you know, um, just going to a gym every day to stay fit. That's such a great point. Like Uh, at the onset, there was this obsession with methodology. Everybody was eating paleo. You know, it was like more of a a health conscious focus, which is great. But the difference between health and performance is, is a big gap. And it's a very different definition too. the way you define those two unique lifestyles is is very pivotal to to gently understand. It is something in this space that gently sometimes gets convoluted and tangled. But you and I both know the pursuit of what was it at the time like a 500 back squat plus a sub 5 mile in the same day. Like that's pretty incredible yeah. as far as what humans are are capable of. And at the time, or at least at the onset of CrossFit, there was limitations, right? Physiologically, that's not possible. You shouldn't mix these different types of domains. Gymnastics shouldn't be mixed with this. Heavy barbells are meant to be done on a with a certain rest interval. And it, it was cool to see like fitness really being redefined at that time and the challenging of what once were traditional rules. Well, look at yeah, I mean, look at alone like the things that we see at the games every year that we walk away with our heads shaking like wow i didn't even know that was Mm -hmm. possible you know um like the sandbag last year it's like i mean some of those weights it's like i mean it's so fascinating too to then know behind the curtain like some of those guys couldn't even lift like 100 pounds less than that below the stadium like 20 minutes before they were going on the floor you know, it's bananas how that works. Adrenaline's um, a great chemical. And, <laughs> and it's that. And like, you know, now you're seeing and you're talking about like the nutrition sides like this, like probably two hour conversation. But it, it's, um, and, you know, that's the stuff that was like opportunity when I arrived in the space and was working with people as to like, where can you separate yourself 
Um, that was one of the big immediate separators, like people who looked to eat to perform rather than, you know, follow the methodology, which is wonderful. I've done that, you know, and, and, and that, you know, changed the way I've looked at a lot of things, including my relationship with food on a day to day basis and how it helps me be better at just life. Um, but those guys are like calories in and like cleanliness isn't the, 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 big, the biggest deal. And it's like. Some people think that's like harsh messaging, but it's like, think about what their objective is, which is to win the CrossFit games. And if that's your objective, then everything you do is a choice on which either gets you closer to that or not. And we've all heard Matt say that a bunch. So, you know, if, you know, nutrition is one of them, it's like, well, you know, when you meet with doctors that are performance doctors on fuel and they say, you know, eat Snickers or drink Coca-Cola and drink a ton of Gatorade. And, you know, you're like, oof, that's very different look on what we've learned in our space. Um, I think it's missing context. like a though. little quiet about it for a long time. Yeah, it, it, it is. It, yeah, it's it's such a big discussion. Totally. Yeah, it's such a big, big conversation. Yeah. And so like, that's the stuff we're talking about, though, which was like so much fun. Um, and still to this day, it's like smaller opportunities um, to d differentiate in the market um, as you coach athletes uh, to, to, you know, be their best and train them to win. Um, you know, but like, you know, you, you try to stay ahead of the curve and you know, you don't need to be different to be different too. Like that's another trap, but it's like, you know, one of those things where you just constantly want to learn, right. And evolve and be ahead. And, um, yeah, I mean, that was so much fun along the way, not only like from a business and a performance perspective, it's just like being involved in that for 10 years. And, you know, how many times do you get the opportunity to like help a sport of all, be a part of it, watch it from that, you know, that angle, uh, because it's new, new, new. And like, you're now um, treading a path to what we had no idea was going to happen, which is where it's at today. Like nobody, if anybody thought that this is where it would be today, they're mm -hmm. lying. Um, and, and, you know, we can all like have goals and dreams, but you know, um, it, it, it was so distant. I don't know. when you know, you were around, it's just like in 14 to think that you, you know, be, pumping out, you know, 20,000, 15, 20,000 people at this event consistently down line and like big TV deals and sponsors deals would look the way they did. It's just hard. But what it just took is like every day, you know, trying to do a great job to help it evolve and grow in your part in it. Um, you know, and, and everybody had a great mindset around that. And that, that, that was like born out of a group of people that would naturally be attracted to being in a CrossFit gym is, um, you know, they're, they're innovators. Um, they are, they're early adopters on, on a lot of things. And, um, it was just like a really good collection of people that said, all right, well, not only am I doing this and love it and super attracted and addicted to it, I'm going to, you know, get in the business side of it. I want to, I heard, I've had so many of those calls of so many people, uh, every year of like life-changing event, love this. It's my passion. Um, I want to move over. Like we're, we're, we're bringing people on now. Our new CTO who starts in like, I don't know, four or six weeks, um, is leaving Apple, wow. you know, um, and, and he has a incredibly massive job there, but he's like, ah, oh, man, I, this is where I want to be. Like, this is, you know, and I can do the same things now because the opportunities are getting mm -hmm. there. You know, it's like one of those things where it's like, not that HWPO has any analogy to Apple in that regard, but it's just, you know, we have jobs that, you know, people can put on a, a scale and be like, you know, hey, 
you know, that's a cool job and a cool opportunity and ton of growth. Just like maybe I looked at something 10 years ago with a company like that. Yeah, that's you know? really cool. The innovations um, on the tech so side that's been like are really, really freaking cool. Jumping back into the professionalization, uh, I heard you have a, a really cool chat with Jason Kalipa around this, but there's definitely levels to the professionalization. You've got, you know, the Mats, the Tias, the, the Brooke Wells, uh, the Catrins, you know, the top of the conversation, you know, very similar to like tennis or maybe even golf where, you know, the top in the sport are probably generating a good chunk of change, you know, probably over six figures. Um, they're, they're doing very well and they're true professionals that can steer their life towards training multiple sessions a day, recovery, business operations around brand development, very relatable to what we see on ESPN with some of these basketball, football, tennis, baseball guys, and girls. But then you've got the next tier where it's like the middle of the, of the pack, which maybe their performance outcomes aren't that good, but their content creation is great. And they're really marketable. And they, they maybe do some notable things in competition, but they're not necessarily peaking at the podium. And then we can go on and on, right? Then you have the next tier, which is like, ah, oh, there could be potential here and marketing and business and uh, the, the recruiters and the, the potential seekers love talking about those guys. Like these are the people that are up and coming this year who you should bet on. And you know, those people kind of get a little bit of a seat at the table. This episode is brought to you by HVMN, Health via Modern Nutrition. They launched the world's first ketone drink in 2017 and then in 2022 launched the version 2 of their exogenous ketone product line called Ketone IQ. I found that incorporating ketones into my morning routine increased my daily focus and energy. The beauty of this product is that you can stack it. It doesn't even have to replace your morning routine. My morning routine looks like taking the dog on a walk, hitting my daily shot of Ketone IQ, hopping in the cold plunge, and then finishing it off with a nice Trident coffee while I soak up some morning sunlight. Try out some ketones for yourself by using the code INVICTUS for 20% off Ketone IQ. Ketones are a super efficient fuel for your brain that leaves you feeling energized and clear-headed. Give it a shot. I promise you won't regret it. Once again, use code INVICTUS for 20% off Ketone IQ. Move fast and break shit. This is one of the core values at LSKD and something that we fully resonate with here at the Invictus Mindset Podcast. LSKD develops functional sportswear with a streetwear aesthetic that's on a mission to inspire you to chase the vibe through sport, fitness, and adventure. Through my experiences with LSKD products and their team members, I have found a brand that I can call home that keeps me performing at my highest level through fitness and business. I train daily in the rep shorts and love the versatility they offer so I can go from training at the gym directly to meetings, client consults, running errands, or preparing for podcasts. The LSKB vibe has finally reached San Diego, and we want you to experience it too. Go to us.lskd.co to start shopping today. We want to inspire you to chase the vibe. And then there's that next next level of like 
the hopers, the dreamers that, you know, they might make it, but they're quitting their whole, their whole world. They're dropping out of school. They're going all in on this CrossFit thing. Um, and it's kind of very similar to back in the day when we saw people not going to college, taking the leap to go to professional sports. And you have the LeBron James of that. You have a few other people that have done it really well, Kobe. But then you also have the other side of that conversation, which is the skills aren't continually being developed as, as people. They're singularly focused. Um, there's, there's the monetization challenge component there. And so from my lens, I'm like, man, like we want people to fully develop over the course of time. And for some, it's really possible. And then for some, it's like it changes the trajectory and they end up, you know, fall, falling out of the conversation over time. So as this sport continues to grow, Matt, what, what are your thoughts on the levels there? And, and when somebody decides like, hey, I need to go all in on this versus kind of what Jason Kalipa alluded to, which is like he was building businesses. He was doing things over here and he was competing. Val Volbril is another one that did both. Uh, Rebecca Voigt, she did both. And so I'm very curious your thoughts on, on this gentle toggling cool as the names. sport evolves. <clears throat> All really cool names too. Ton of respect for every one of them. Totally. They're great people. Uh, and they've, they've, they've all, they've all found, um, you know, ways to continue to evolve, um, and, and be successful around training and CrossFit specifically. Um, yeah, all those levels. Uh, yeah, I mean, you nailed so many of them. It's it, it's um, at, at at its core, it's like I think a lot of people look at our space. This is like a big question that's asked quite a bit. Is like, you know, or if it's like one on one with an athlete that's like thinking about pursuing it and what is their angle and like they need support or an agent. Um, there, there's so much to you know. That's the one thing that I think I've tried the most is to drive a ton of experience and an energy from other sports that have gone through things like we're going through and not making the same mistakes. Right. And, and, uh, you know, sometimes that's hard in our space where, you know, people think, or, you know, even I do at times, just like, you know, uh, we're different, you know, we're not, you know, we're, when it comes to like, from a business perspective or like training to be great at something, it, there, there's a lot of similarities to many other things. And I think, um, well, you know, one of the things, it's hard to get supported is where I'm going with this, uh, you know, as you like enter into it, right? It's not, um, you know, and there's a lot of angles. The nice part is there's tons of opportunity and in a really cool way, our space rewards deeper than most, you know, from an endorsement perspective. People can truly make a living um, off the floor because of, you know, um, where they sit on the floor and it doesn't need to be the podium at the CrossFit Games, right? So it's just like... Um, you know, and there's influence in there now, too, with all these great tools where people can be just like really unique and authentic and um, talk about their self and build their brand and, and get a lot of notoriety and interest for that, which is then a monetization opportunity. Right. You know, you have followers, you can sell off of it. Um, but it's hard. Like, I think um, there's a lot of starving athletes in a lot of sports that I think we forget about. Right. So it's like, you know. Um, and I, you know, I've been a part of with, you know, PFAA and like athletes in general, just trying to find ways for them to like get more support along the way where it made sense. Um, and it, and it's, um, you know, think about Olympic sports alone. It's like, great you know, point. there isn't, you know, bobsled, bobsledders and like skiers and like, yeah, there's opportunities for some of them, but like, those are similar analogies, like the 1%, right. And, and there are, you know, um, how do you get there is just like, 
you know, I would describe on my side, the entrepreneurial side is like, until I bet on myself, I didn't know I could do this or wanted to do this or like could stomach it. And once you've done that, what you understand is once you fail, if you do fail, you can just pick yourself up and start again, something else or somewhere else. And I think it's the same there because at, at that point, if like you're a 22 year old, an 18 year old, a 25 year old, a 28 year old, whatever the age bracket it is and saying like, I want to go win the CrossFit games or go to the CrossFit games. Um, that's where you're at in your life of, you know, and you have to decide from a business or an entrepreneurial perspective, because that's a piece of it is like, am I willing to do what it takes to do that? Um, and then you got to bet on yourself. And, and, and that's no different than what I did with Redline, what you've done with this podcast, um, to, you know, when you start, there's nothing and there's no guarantee. Um, and you have to wake up every day and do what it takes to get there. Um, and it's what's Matt's done, you know, with two careers, lifting and now CrossFit. Um, now third career, us doing business together. Um, you know, it's um, it's like, I think that what I said before of like, you know, CrossFitters, including myself for a long time, just looked at ourselves differently. And it's the same as like, just make business analogies, like look at other sports um, you want it and want to be somewhere, you got to figure out where you want to be, right? Like you got to like, you know, as an athlete, depending on where you're at and where you're going, you know, you just got to find a way to pave your own path to get where you want to go. Like if you want to win the CrossFit games, I can tell you what it takes. And it's like a million things. And, um, you know, and I've watched many people do that, that I've been, you know, a part of their journey with it, um, or watched it from afar and it ain't easy. <laughs> and, and, and it's, it's, uh, it's super sexy and glorious when <clears throat> the medals around their neck and, oh, wow, even more when there's five of them in a row, um, you know, it looks easy. It's not. It's like so hard and there's many sleepless nights and there's a lot of tears and blood and there's a lot of confusion and doubt. And, you know, the power of people being able to deal with that and get over it is then, you know, what creates the story and the opportunity. Matt's the perfect example of it is, you know, he um, just you know, was a, was studied his butt off to become everything he needed to be to point towards that and be the best ever. And, you know, greatness was his pursuit. Um, and in the meantime, like a lot of opportunity, you know, um, collected around that because that was uh, his brand. And what, you know, I thought too, at the time was like, Hey, if you focus on this and do this your way and be you, um, I think that's what builds the best brand and opportunity for you to, you know, then earn off of it. Um, because that's also a focus for guys and girls that are professional athletes, mm -hmm. right? Like, they, you know, this is a business, you know, this is, you know, they're not all, um, well, all of them are doing it to make money too, right? Like it's not, you know, Hey, I know that can be a dirty word sometimes, but it's, um, there's a, each one of them. And I'll tell you, no matter what you might think it looks like from the outside, will die to win the CrossFit games because of what it means. Um, and, and, and that's always the case. Um, but there's, you know, there's also a business side of that. And, you know, you've watched so many of them now, like Jason pivot that into, you know, bigger business opportunities using their platform that they built to help more people, mm -hmm. which is really it. Right. But yeah, that's, um, I think you described it really yeah, well. There's man. so many layers. To that. I really like the way you described that and just yeah, the so relatability to any other field. I mean, at some point you got to bet on yourself. There's something that you do that makes you come alive. And inevitably, if it's something that makes your, your heart light on fire, pursue that thing. Because before you know it, you're going to blink and life's going to be over. And so in the pursuit of trying to seek not just maximal potential, but true fulfillment 
and your version of positively and inspirationally interacting with the world. You know, I, I, I really appreciated the way you described that because it gives various lenses that are relatable to so many d- different athletes at different moments within their journey. And the, the age doesn't really matter there. What matters is, you know, what they think and where yeah. they want to go with, with the tools that they've been given. What's the target, right? Like, they, you, know, you know, it's interesting. We have a master's community that points towards this too. <clears throat> That's amazing. You know, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm a part of it, you know, don't really compete on that side of it, but like got a lot of friends that are games masters athletes that I've grown up in this space training with super proud for them and of them. And I, and I watch what they go through in order to be that, like, you know, the guy who owns the gym that I go to Mike Dudevar, uh, for the first time qualified for the games last year in a master's category. And, um, you know, we started CrossFit together and I've watched, you know, I grew up playing baseball against him. Like I've watched his journey and what it takes and like what he does is not much different than what any of these guys on the open category, you know, trying to win the CrossFit games in the, you know, in the, in the, the regular division are mm-hmm. doing, you know, everything he thinks about is around how am I, you know, yeah, again, you got the aches, you got to get around things differently. Like it's harder as a, as a, a more worn down athlete at that age. And I can relate to that, but you know, if you're, you know, it's, it's again, the, it's harder uh, from a financial perspective on that side. Right. And, and it, incredibly there are masters athletes that have found a way there that get some recognition and support, which is so cool. And I think that's like, above and beyond most other sports that you look at. Um, But there's some analogies you can make to that too, with like, you know, challenger leagues or like, you know, um, uh, golf senior tours. There's things like that, right. That make a lot of sense over time, but they're like, it's the same. And you just said it best. It's like, when you figure something out that you want to do, you have to make a decision whether you're going to do it or not. And everything involved in it. I think like sports sounds sexy sometimes, or like, you know, I want to win the games, I want to be a games athlete. Um, you know, I think that I, I always am willing to help when people say that they want to do that, what that means, mm-hmm. you know, and, it, and it's, um, it's, uh, it's man's search for meaning. It's not like, it's not fun. Like, I mean, it's fun if, if that's your thing. Like, and I love watching it and being a part of it. Um, but when people like Matt look back at their careers, like, you know, uh, was he having fun? Um, yeah, he, he was, uh, to some extent, but man, it was dirty and hard and mm-hmm. hurt, you know? And it was like, you know, wow, I can't believe I did that. It's sometimes it is like, geez, man, like I was texting with Josh Bridges yesterday and, and um, about something. And, you know, I was like, you know, I said something to him along the lines of like, you know, a lot of grind. You, you put a lot of grind in over your career on a couple of different careers, you know, his military career and this to get where he's at. <clears throat> and it's, you know, you should be super proud of that. Um because man, it's like so damn hard. Um, it's harder. It, it, it's the same as business though, man. It's like, that's what I'm trying to get at. It's like, there's nothing like, I think people can really, um, I want to help people look at it that way where it's like, Hey, you know, uh, it's just that you can have a job in the real world. Um, and not, you know, be chasing, you know, something meteoric like that. Mm-hmm. Right. And get paid for it. It's harder in sport. Like you can't just be like, you know, you can't get a, a job as an athlete, to, you know, that is like an entry level job and that you're going to get compensated. That's not how it's structured. Their leagues are that way a little bit, but they're so elite. But like the NBA has lowest paid players. 
Um, and that, that pays super deep. That's just not the way our sports structure. Yeah, totally. Um, it's just interesting to see. I think you summarized it pretty well. And, and you mentioned Josh Bridges, huge shout out to him and Jacob Hepner. Those guys get after it. Their boxing match was, was super fun to watch as well. And, uh, I want to take a gentle little, little pivot now as you have really taken a liking to golf. And I've seen you spend a lot of time with Scott Stallings. I've seen you spend a lot of time with my guest on the podcast last week, Todd Melanie, and just seeing your connection to the growth and development of No Bull, and then also seeing how that's translated to to a golf program, which is pretty freaking cool. I think sometimes you know CrossFit gets strategized as like CrossFit is just CrossFit, and it's like no, there's transferable skills. And you know, will you will you chat a little bit about the HWPO golf and you know your affiliations with golf and and your connection with Scott Stallings? Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, I'm really proud of that. Um, you know, and, and uh, it, you know, it starts with a personal connection with Scott. You know, I think my passion for golf could live there no matter like I have that anyway. And that's way prior to CrossFit. And, um, you know, the, the reason for HWPO golf is, you know, how we would do anything, which is like best in class, um, you know, the right fit for our brand and culture. And, you know, it's a hell yeah. And we run, and it was just like a really cool opportunity. Cause I've been so connected to the golf market of late with fitness. Um, I have some friends at the tour that for, you know, we're talking back like five years ago, we had, you know, th- there's funny enough, a CrossFitter inside the walls, two of them, um, of the tour headquarters. Um, and these guys, got connected to me on like, you know, Hey, we have this fitness platform that they were like godfathering internal. Cause there's, you know, this huge movement that started with tiger with people training golfers look different and man, I'm out there a bunch. They train their face off. You know, it's really cool. Scott more than anyone, total different approach. Um, and it, but it's evolving and a, you know, we, everything does, but that's like, it's so fresh and new people are learning a lot from Scott, which is super cool. And, and one of the reasons that's been fun to, to work with him, uh, he thinks more like we do from a training perspective. Um, but yeah, they, they, um, my friends now, uh, not at the time were just people I were meeting that had a passion for fitness and wanted to talk about it through the PGA tour channels, developed this platform called active pj tour active and it was just like a stopper at the time they knew that there was some interest and there's a lot going around fitness and how do they tell golf training stories um you know and and i was trying to help them with that so i was like consulting them a bit um more of just like consulting i mean like it meant nothing to me at the time other than like really cool people i liked that were trying to talk about fitness um in a different area that I had a ton of passion for. I was like, hell yeah, let's let me know how I can help you and make introductions, you know? And, you know, today that's called PGA Tour Training. Noble's the presenting partner of it. Hyperice and Whoop pay an annual partnership to be just focused on that. So it's just like emerging space in golf that, um, you know, guys like Tiger were sort of the inspiration for the the tour players to, you know, to pay more attention to that side. And now guys like Scott are, are, are uh, blazing forward on it. So, you know, Um, on, on my side, I was a competitive golfer post-college. Like I tried to qualify for, and I never was, had any delusions on being a professional golfer, nor was I good enough, by the way. And that goes back to what I was talking before is like that distance between where I was as a competitive golfer, which was high level on the amateur side to pro is like two different things. (laughs) Um, you know, try to hit a putt from five, five feet. When, you know, it, if you miss, it doesn't put dinner on the table. That's a whole yeah. different world to live in. You can ruin, you ruin your relationship with the sport real quick by doing that. But the, um, 
I tried to qualify for USAMs, US Midams, um, you know, state amateurs, you know, and did had some success with it. Um, uh, and, you know, played competitively, um, you know, sort of like how I had approached everything my entire life, which was like, if I was going to do something, I'm going to overdo it. And, um, you know, I did it with golf. I hit, you know, hundreds of thousands of golf balls and just like self-taught a lot and then got some help and tinkered and then CrossFit showed up and I put it down, you know, and, uh, I, you know, it's become this like repurposing of like why I do things, which we talked about earlier and, and golf came back in COVID for me, you know, and Scott and I got real tight in COVID because, you know, we needed people to talk to and work out with through zoom. And like, we did some content together and, um, you know, he got me fired up on golf again. You know, he come here, uh, one tournament week and was like, Hey, I'd like to play your course. He, he, you know, he loves the course that I play at. It's the super old course. He's like, I'd never played it. I'd love to. I played with him. He's like, he's like, you know, recharged me, reinvigorated me on golf because we had fun and it's about camaraderie. And anyway, um, you know, that was like the, that was the connection. And then, you know, I just know a lot and, and I'm so far ahead of like the curve on knowing what's been laid for groundwork and foundation around fitness and golf and where the tour is trying to go and Noble now, right? Like Noble got into golf with Scott, Todd and I are super tight, play golf together we, you know, I've been able to tell him enough about what I knew leading in and, you know, he's brilliant and sees opportunity ahead of so many um, and, and, you know, immediately clicked in COVID like, all right, I'm going to get a golf shoe out and then we're going to talk about training around golf with Scott. I'm going to sign golf with Scott because they became friends. So when I got in the job I'm in now, like when I moved over to HWPO and we looked at like what was going to be our purpose, it was, of course, you know, like do a ton of, you know, with the CrossFit community and space and training people at different levels there. But I was really intent on what I have called democratizing what we do and, and, you know, meaning I want more people to be able to do it our way. And it doesn't mean it's for everybody, but like, I want somebody to go on a piece of tech and say like, Oh, I can train the HWPO way. Or like, I want somebody to, you know, you know, go, you know, think of a sport and be like, Oh, there's, you know, all these options and there should be, and, and but our way might be a more extreme, extreme, intense approach to it. But like, I want to over time be more involved in that with people that are really make sense for our brand that we're attracted to. So that was the golf thing and it was like you know just the right thing for us to cut our teeth in other sports on because it was the best person maybe in sport associated with us great friend of ours matt's had a good unique part of his career where golf is you know something he is interested in pursuing so we can talk about that and it's really cool to see somebody start that's the best in the world ever at something from zero and you know we can watch his journey a bit and you know how does training affect that there's just like a good perfect storm um and, um, you know, a lot that we wanted to learn about other sports that I thought would be a really good first place to do it because we have a lot of other plans. Like we're getting into the fight game with a UFC fighter. Um, we have talks a, a lot, talked a lot about, you know, football, like, you know, and naturally NFL, you know, Noble's connected there mm -hmm. and Todd is. And, you know, opportunities to strengthen condition people our way for football. And the same What's so interesting too, though, like – like is any entrepreneur that's successful finds a problem, relates it to either themselves or someone else, and then wants to solve it. And I think you and I have been in the space, or or they or they or they get delusional, yeah, about yeah. It, which is which is a key. Factor, I agree. Right? I it's think like you have you, to like, have that. You convince yourself. Yeah, totally. And what's yeah, so cool is just true. that. I think you and I have been in the space long enough to understand and hear the echoes of, man, CrossFit's so linear. It's forward and back. There's not a lot of rotation. 
And so the integration of, of, of a golf program, you know, we're seeing stuff with the landmine. We're seeing stuff, you know, with unique kettlebell innovations and different ways to utilize these tools that maybe are used loosely in a strength and conditioning facility. We do a lot of that stuff at Invictus just because of, like you said, the growth and development of pickleball, the growth and development of golf, you know, tennis, all these other things that are out there that are, they're super fun, but they're also, you know, you want to have access to, Hey, I want to drive the ball a little further. I want my back to hurt a little bit less. And there's all this overuse throwing and doing things the same direction all the time. And it just unlocks these key innovative conversations and I also think it's really cool just me being such a fan of sport, seeing how Noble's now involved in swimming. They've got soccer out here. They've got golf. They've got the Ooh. NFL. They've got <clears throat> so many different angles that they're playing with. And I don't know. That's just It's super fun to see everything come together where everybody can play and have conversations. And, and you and I both know like there are elements of CrossFit that we all love. But then there's also like, hey, like the barbell doesn't feel that good anymore. I, I want to do something else that still allows me to get a similar modality and training in without feeling like it's tweaking a, a hip, knee, ankle, shoulder, elbow, or wrist. So that way you can keep getting out and doing what you love without just being awesome in the gym, but allowing those skills to translate to outside of the gym. But, yeah, that is like perfectly put. It, it's funny. And I can see that in my own journey, like. You know, part of my barbell down reasoning is what's, you know, I think, I think the, I, I've always said, this is just a me thing, but like the barbell is a bit of a privilege. Like you have to do a lot of work to be able to do it the right way, especially from a mobility perspective, you know, and, and, uh, I'm just not a big proponent of like, um, yeah, I mean, do it, just doing it because it's like, it's there. Like I, I modify the heck out of things now because I've learned the hard way of like not, you know, and, and, uh, the barbell affected my golf, you know, early on when I was doing both. Um, cause the things you're talking about is like, you know, elbows and knee and, and wrists, you know, not being, you know, paying a touch, attention to the base, you know, well enough to be prepared to do that. Barbell is one of the most beautiful tools in the history of the world trust me on that so it's not a knock on that but for me like i i gotta earn that at times um because it's it can be not you know the right thing um but yeah you know it's been fun because you know the rotational stuff alone and we've seen some media with matt around it it me too for, for that matter is like golf specific movements um and that you know it's so cool to have done and like see weakness that i have that i can build around that i you know golf uh my golf and you know people want to see distance strength you know i see it as like carrying my bag walking 18 holes there's so many layers totally. to it and you know being way better off than anyone else but the um you know it, it helps anyway you know cleans are really you know transferable to to you know using the ground you know as force for a golf swing right similar but you know the adding the feature the rotational feature has been really cool for me to experience and I, i'm excited to see what that looks like we, we're very seasonal with golf out here in, in boston because of the mm -hmm. snow so uh we only play golf a certain period of time of year uh, so i'm excited to get out and see how that looks but that's also been fun for me um, to be a catalyst too there. Like, I don't look at that as like distancing ourselves from the CrossFit community with that. It's, you know, actually celebrating CrossFit. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I believe that, I mean, you know, here's the delusion I probably create myself, but truly, you know, it's like, um, you know, we've seen CrossFit in an email of the day, talk about golf for the first time in 15 years. 
Um, maybe it's coincidence, you know, but, but I, you know, I believe that, you know, there's been now Scott probably is, you know, the point person on that is like, they see him doing some things, uh, and then with us and it's like, you know, cool, you know, and I'm excited to see, you know, how we, we all look at those things together and, and, and dig in because in the end, if we can help more golfers, get more people interested in working out and doing, you know, more intense, um, application of fitness crossfit um and be able to call it that that's super cool. i also love because seeing it, it come I don't full circle like, though like it comes full circle because part of the crossfit methodology is learn and play new sports and i think alan watts has this really cool chat around when you become so obsessive of one thing it actually starts to decline because you're just so focused on that one thing and you're not adding like i mean think about cooking you only use pepper like how shitty does cooking eventually get if you only use that one ingredient as a spice? But if as you start to integrate some of these other things, you're like, man, the flavor profile here is pretty dope. And when you think about that, it's like so many people are integrating so much into CrossFit, which is phenomenal. Huge community component there too. But I definitely think as humans, we crave the outdoors. We crave community in a different setting, different ambiance. You know, you don't have to go play a, a full 18. You can play nine. You can go to the driving range. You can go practice, you know, on a simulator. You can go practice, you know, playing with putting or playing in, in a bunker or whatnot. And so there's different angles that you can explore. And, you know, going back to what you mentioned as far as, as scaling or modifying or, you know, we like to talk about customizing to the individual. I think it's really important. The Buttery Bros did this beautifully where they talk about scaling for life. And I, I just love that because it's customizing to how you, Matt O'Keefe, want to live your life. Your customizations don't need to satisfy me. Yep. And I think in the past, there was this huge thing for a very long time where scaling or modifying meant that you were less than. This episode is brought to you by Mush. My friends over at Mush created an incredibly cool product of ready-to-eat overnight oats. And for those of you that listen to the podcast often, you know... Simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. And Mush has done just that, as their products have no more than seven clean ingredients that are dairy-free, gluten-free, with no added sugar. Mush started right here at Invictus, as they had a vision to create convenient, healthy, and clean nutrition. And this landed them on Shark Tank, where the famous Mark Cuban invested in them. Now they're found in retailers all over the country, including Costco, Sprouts, Target, and Whole Foods. Check out my friends over at www.eatmush.com. And now I think it's floating to the surface as far as an educational standpoint of like, no, 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 no. My North Star is different than your North Star. I'm not trying to win the CrossFit Games. I'm actually trying to improve business. I'm trying to improve my relationships with my family. And I'm trying to really get good at this golf thing because it's where I come alive and gives me peace of mind, but I don't think about any of those other things. And so I love the way you describe the scale for life. And I can't help just because I watched the episode like literally three times, your exploration with Heber and Mars in Japan, getting out to that beautiful powder. We talked about it a little bit at the beginning of our conversation today, but your episode out there, just you and the crew, Matt Bickle as well, just looked like you're just having so much fun, just like a bunch of kids in a sandbox, but it was just snow in the mountains on your skis. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, 
So the backstory on that is, you know, I've been a ski, I've skied and I'll, I'll definitely age myself now, but I've skied for 43 years. Wow. You know, I was put on skis as a two year old and, um, you know, my parents was one of the first things they had me do. I skied between their legs. We were lucky enough to have a place in New Hampshire and go up every weekend as a kid. And I just developed a massive, um, pa well, it was a passion of mine because of like, but you know, I, my kids do it with us now. One of them loves it. One of them doesn't, you know? So it's like, um, I just loved it. You know, and I love being outside. What a great opportunity when you live in a, in a region like ours, that it's really crappy in the winter to be able to do things outside. Yeah. But we, I've all, like, I've known about Japan distantly for so long. And it's funny going over there. Now we learned like they for so long wanted to not be attractive to us coming over there. They wanted to like keep it secret for themselves now I know why, because I've been, and it's different. Like I've skied at a lot of different places, been lucky. And it's, um, there's nothing like it I've ever, I, I mean, that was, and you see that joy come through. A, I'm really like proud to be able to do that with people I adore. Like those are some of my best friends. I love each and every one of them for so many reasons. Um, so it was just like, you know, we're so busy. I don't really take a whole lot of time for myself, nor do they to like take some time off alone. That's like 50% of it alone on that. You know, it's just like being able to do nothing, you know, and work, work aside for a little bit and be with my, the, the distance is great for that too. You like time change doesn't work. We're screwed up. Like we're just gonna, we're just gonna, um, you know, focus on skiing. But yeah, the skiing was like, we started talking about it a couple of years ago in COVID. I skied a bunch with Bickle. And, um, you know, he determined we were ski compatible. So he wanted to do more skiing together. <laughs> and, uh, and we, um, we were, i.e. meaning like I was as crazy as he was and willing to ski anything and just go real hard and, and spend a lot of time in the trees. And I was like, okay. so he's like, okay, I like you. Can you ski more with me? That's how we started our relationship cool. was like, a, I knew him, but like through skiing. Um, and so, yeah, it was. I mean, hey, like, here's another endorsement for it, but like, it's such a burdensome trip. So I understand, like, it's just hard to even logistically put together. Like, we flew to Tokyo and spent two days to adjust a bit and then flew to the north uh, in a town called Sapporo. Um, and we were um, two and a half hours from then there up in the mountain ranges in Hokkaido um, in this, like, you know, distant region that has like had gone through this like sick ski boom and over the years. And, um, but a lot of resorts never got finished cause the money just never was there because by the way, they kept it really quiet. Right. So there wasn't like a lot of like, um, you know, people, uh, using it as a destination from other parts of the world and the Japanese culture, I guess, didn't support that. So there's like 20 mountains that never got finished and there's all kinds of backcountry operations now with them. And then this one place we went in Niseko, which is like four mountains together, and the the whatever goes on there, from a weather system perspective, um, it produces the we, it's called like champagne powder. But the it's like you can go and it just like evaporates. Oh out my gosh! Blows. It's like feather light. Um, and every every night is like a refresh. Um, it's Groundhog Day for like another foot of snow. Oh, and it's like it doesn't matter what you see on an app. By the way, that's what I learned there is like. If you see on these like snow reporting apps, like five inches, that means a foot because up at the top, it's more and they probably screw with it because they don't want it to seem what it mm. is. Uh, dude, it was like, I, 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 I'm like getting excited thinking about it. I can, we keep texting in our group about it and I've never been on a trip where I've been like, 
I'm still thinking about this trip. Let's just start planning next year so that I can just continue to be excited about this because we're going to go back. It, it was, was just uh, epic to see so the reactions. Of being able to do that. Like they felt so organic bleeding through the screen when I, I watched the episode. Like I think there was at one moment where Heber was coming down and, you know, took a small little spill. And he was like, oh, my gosh, that was the most euphoric ride of my entire life. And just watching that just got me hyped up and excited. We got lost. Like I have so there's so much uh, on in there that maybe didn't even make it. But like we would ski and like you just see like untouched snow and you just pursue it and you'd be like, oh, my God, where is everybody? And you'd have to hike out. And it was like, but yeah, that that is I mean, you hear him like giggling in the videos. I funny enough, there's like probably less footage of me skiing because I was up, you know, snowboarders, it's easier to hold a pole. Um, And I was like, I don't care, like whatever. I'm just going to go and like bury myself in snow for eight days here. And um, so I wasn't like, I didn't have like cameras on my helmet or any of that, but uh, it is um, every, that, that I've skied tens, I mean, tens of thousands, probably runs in my entire life. Um, You know, and I'm still skiing every weekend. Like I ski like 30 days east now a year, which is a lot of people who know skiing. And um, every run was like the best ever. It's so <laughs> just cool. like, that's the only way to describe it. That one we hiked up and skied the top, that night we come home, that's when a lot of those interviews were done. It was like euphoria. It was like, I, I can't even believe what I just experienced. It was like what I've been chasing on skis my entire life. Mm-hmm. And um, then duplicating, like every day, just like mounted. And then we took a helicopter tour, which was I like saw that. dangerous, but like exhilarating. How, how was time. Mars on that? I Mars definitely was like, I don't know what country. I'm getting myself into. Here goes nothing. <laughs> His, his, people should go to his social and watch his reel. It's, I, I think it's one of the single coolest reels in, in uh, snow sports that you'll ever see. And it's just him holding a camera out in front of him in like waist deep powder, just coming and just like the joy that was the entire day. And, you know, um, it was, it was, it was very nerve wracking. You're getting dumped on top of a private mountain. There's five of five or six of us skiing it. That's it. And it hadn't been touched in five days. It's chest deep. You know, it's like, okay, what, what, what are we like risking here? And, um, so there was a little bit of that. I had a lot of, I, I'll be real honest. I was really relieved when the day ended and nothing happened, but we also were with, um, you know, I learned at the bottom that that back country operations never had any issues. Um, and they've, you know, you know, canceled days because of avalanche risks. So like we were really taken care of, but you know, honestly, one of the best days of my life. Um, you know, it was really just really cool. And that I fell at one point, it's probably in the video. I think I said that the, um, and lost the ski and like got stuck up to my chest in snow and you like, um, you build more respect for snow when you yeah. have situations like that. Cause you're, you're powerless. Like I was, <laughs> I was buried in snow up to my chest and couldn't get my ski took me like, and, and I think Heber was taking a video laughing at me. And that was like just the nature of it. Cause it was <laughs> so wild. Like you were all over the place at times. And he was like, I'm not, I'm laughing with you. I'm laughing with you, you know? And, and truly that it was like, but that was a moment where I was like, holy shit, like I'm waist, I'm chest deep. I'm in the back country in like now an hour from where we were before in Japan, looking at the ocean on the top of this volcano. The whole thing is bizarre, honestly. That's so epic, man. Just seeing the way you guys navigated in between the trees was just, 
I mean, for a non-skier like myself, I just had the utmost respect for for the risk, the 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 willingness to to partake in something that does have elements of fear. An avalanche is definitely something that floated in my brain as well in watching the uh, the ambiance and where you guys were dropped mine off. Too, and so mine too. It's so cool to hear that like the things I was thinking were gently or at least loosely floating in your headspace as well. <laughs> yeah, I was that was on my mind the backcountry day and, and the, the guide was so he guided there in Alaska, which is some of the best backcountry skiing in the world, Alaska. And um I mean he people didn't see it, but like he was digging a hole every run to like look at the layers to see if there was shit oh, cool. um and risk. And he was setting off like he he was cutting layers of the snow off before before we would go with his ski, setting off what he, what, what would be loose, um, and really coaching us. And I've done some of this before, but through like what are your outs? Like how do you act mm, in a tough situation? Because it's still unpredictable. Um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of risk involved in it, um, which seems careless. But um, try it once, and I think you'll understand why we do totally, it. Totally, man. As we wrap things up, you know, I'm, de- I'm definitely curious a little bit. I know uh, Sammy and Matt alluded to it a little bit in a conversation with Lauren Khalil at Wadapalooza around the potential for an HWPO brick and mortar. And for a very long time, you guys have, have hosted at their home in Vermont. And, you know, that's for anybody challenging when you've got people coming in and out of your house, trying to navigate a relationship, trying to run a business. Um, has, has anything kind of floated to the surface or come to fruition on that front based on some of their gentle hints? Yeah. So we've taken uh, possession of a building cool. um, and we're building it out as we speak. The um, it's um, so our new headquarters will be in um, that general area that Matt and Sammy live. We just outgrew the working in the kitchen and, and particularly the gym, you know, um, you know, it's, uh, anytime we have our group of athletes up, there's heats. It's a little cl- clustered, um, down there. Matt's gym's awesome. One of the best gyms you'll ever go to. It's just got a small floor space. So we, um, we're moving into a 12,000 square foot facility with offices and gym. And, um, you know, we're pursuing, you know, to build the best training facility in the world It is like our, you know, humble goal, honestly, like we just really want to build something uh, that we're really proud of that the athletes that we work with, whether it's in the CrossFit space, and as we extend out, feel like they have a home to come to and everything's there that they need. Um, so we'll be done um, with the build out, <clears throat> probably, you know, depending on some deliveries, but, um, you know, by the end of March. And so we're going to have a big uh, opening with, you know, all our partners and athletes and everything out um, mid-April, April 15th. And that'll probably be like when the world really first sees what we put together. But I've, I've seen it started to get painted and, you know, some of the walls are going up and, and uh, it's going to be such cool. I'm so excited for people to get to see the tour of that. It's, it's That's awesome. super cool. It's going to be really And the cool. irony of opening up on, uh, on tax day, man. <laughs> it's, it is very ironic. Yes. Yeah. It's, um, it, it, it's like where, where we're at at our point is like, we're not, um, it, the, the analysis there is like, you know, businesses like ours can live the way that we have, which is like, you know, in people's kitchens, um, you know, we, you know, we're distributing workouts virtually. So it's, it's, um, but you know, our, we, we build so much media and we want to do so much more for our, our community, um, that 
it's just careless to not have a spot that we can get together more and that people can, you know, you know, go somewhere to, that helps them be better at their jobs for our community. And then the same for our athletes is just like, you know, we have an awesome setup up there and we have a gym 802 CrossFit that supports the heck out of us. Um, it's just like having, you know, a better place for our athletes to train. And that's not knocking either of the places they have to train now. It's just we've experienced enough to learn that we know that we think we can do it better, you know, and, um, so it's, a, it's, a, I'm just really proud that we're at that point. Um, we have been for a bit, I think it's like Matt and I had been reluctant on just, be, you know, making sure we're like learning enough and taking the right steps and not doing it. And then looking at it and being like, ah, oh, I wish we did this because we didn't do enough research and we were going to build and it's right. What we're doing is perfect. And, and I'm excited. Our team's so jacked up and, you know, there's a lot of people talking about now relocating. And so it's super cool. Oh, that's epic, man. And you're getting ready to head over to the 23.3 announcement with Mal O'Brien, or is that right? 23.3? And um, I don't know. I mean, a part of me is thinking double unders and chest of our pull-ups. I think most people are kind of alluding to that. Uh, What what are your predictions for the final workout, and what are your thoughts on the Open so far? Yeah, I I think, well, the Open's been super cool because it's been – I said I said this earlier to, on a team call internal that um, it was cool how accessible week two was. You know, um, I think we've like historically, it's always been great, but like seen more um, stopping blocks uh, in after week one, right? And so week one and two, um, you know, as you know, at all levels of athletes, um, even RX, right? You know, everybody could see a path on RX, which is what I think is so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I love that it's the right stage because it's not really a testing ground for the the best. You know, it's like a stage to get them through to the mm-hmm. next. Um, is my perspective, honestly. Like, I don't think that's what we're looking at with like where is everybody at open time. That's it's more down line. Um, Predictions for 23.3, I, I don't know. I think a triplet, you know, would be probably it at this point. We've had, you know, a couplet and we've had a chipper. Um, so, yeah, I mean, double unders stick out because they're in the open every year. Um, and chest of our similar, uh, maybe a dumbbell in there probably make a lot of yep. sense. Um, you know, some sort of like dumbbell snatch or squat or something like that. Um well, it'll be interesting. I, I, I don't know. I'm not good at predicting um, uh, on that side. I'm excited to be there, support Mal, her first announcement. I think it's a cool opportunity for her. Uh, and and don't get me wrong on what I said before. Like once the lights go on and, you know, there's a camera there and they say three, two, go on, three, two, one, go. Like that's as competitive an environment as you're ever going to see, even though it's meaning a lot less uh, from a results perspective. They're proud. Right. So I'm excited for that. Um yeah, it's been it's been great. I have a busy couple of weeks. I'm there. I go to Indianapolis um, to go to the combine, the NFL combine for a day, which I'm psyched about. Uh, Noble's a presenting partner mm-hmm. now. And they just launched um, their NFL the kind of training apparel, which is cool. Q. Yeah, and that's in conjunction with that. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go get to go look at that. I was there last year with them looking at it, and then we're going to uh, the Arnold to support Rob Kearney. Um, he's competing in the Arnold, uh, strongman. And then we go to the players championship for, um, Scott sports, Scott, and, uh, do some HWPO golf stuff with Noble, um, on site. Uh, so for a week there, so a busy couple of weeks coming up. Totally, man. 
And as we wrap things up, man, I know you're you're also headed to L.A. You know, Matt has been involving himself in a little bit of Brazilian jiu-jitsu and got a little bit of a knee tweak. Can you yep. give us a little, little update on uh, what he's going to be going through and, you know, hobbling, a lot, hobbling around a little bit in the in this season? Yeah, unfortunately, Matt got hurt um, a couple of weeks ago uh, doing BJJ. You guys can see a, a video we just put out with Amanda Nunez, uh, who's a new partner of ours, um, and we're going to have some exciting stuff coming with her. They, you know, Matt got excited after spending some time with her training and talking, and they're so relatable. It's such a cool episode. And they um, they rolled. They did some by the way rolling she's probably giving up 60 50 pounds to him and and she had him tapped out in a matter of like 10 seconds wow. uh two different times that they they did yeah but but they but he you know come back from that and had pursued a little of a head but that kind of like ignited his fire and he got an instructor um to teach him a few times a week and um he just had he had an unfortunate um injury occur uh through whatever move they were doing, he blew his knee mm -hmm. out. So he has uh, an ACL, MCL tier. Um, he's got some reconstruction that's going on. So t tomorrow in LA, um, he's having an operation. So I'm heading out there to support him with that and um, get him on the road to recovery. He, he's been awesome, honestly. Like he, um, he's handled it like a, the champ he is. I mean, it's been not surprising to me, but like he's completely gone into like, all right, how do I get back? and point towards a goal that I've had. Um, you know, he's been working on like squatting a bigger number and doing some other things around fitness that he hadn't been able to do because he just didn't have the time or focus around it. Um, you know, so anyway, yeah, he's, uh, he'll be all right. I mean, and honestly, it'll be a, a challenge that I know he'll do uh, how he's done anything, which is all in over the top and, and you know, probably come back faster and be, be better on the backside. Totally. So much to learn in the midst of adversity and, you know, we're sending a ton of love and healing vibes as he as he navigates a, a healthy recovery from knee surgery. And Matt O'Keefe, ladies and gentlemen, always a pleasure to, to chat, touch base, catch up and explore the world of CrossFit, man. As we wrap things up, thank you so much for your time and energy. I know you're a super busy guy. Any last minute thoughts that you'd love to share with with the world? Wow. Um, well, first of all, thanks for having me again. It's awesome. I love uh, talking to you uh, on and off the air here. Um, so and congrats. This is such a cool platform that you built. Um, I, you know, I, I definitely look to it for knowledge. <laughs> um, I get to, to watch your conversations with cool people. So the um, well, enjoy, enjoy, the, enjoy the rest of the open. Um, you know, um, we've got a lot of exciting stuff coming, um, you know, and, and, uh, we're always open to feedback and we really appreciate, um, how dedicated our community is to us and, and bearing with us as we grow and get better. But, um, yeah, it's just a fun time of year. Enjoy it. Um, and you know, always be present. I think that's the best advice I've ever been given. It's just, you know, do the best in the moment. Um, yeah, you always have to think forward, but um, remember the only thing you control is the next second. So um, I, I try to do that every day, even though that's super hard because the past still exists uh, and the future's staring you in the face. <laughs> but the only way to get through both is is to do do the next thing, right? I love that, man. You said it once upon a time with me. Do the next right thing. And here you have it today. Just be where your feet are. So thank you so much, Matt. For those of you yeah. observing on YouTube or listening on Spotify or Apple, if you enjoyed my conversation with the chief, 
Matt O'Keefe, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with your friends. And as always, stay on the hunt for who you've not yet become. Till next time, guys. Are you over 35 and in need of a solid training program? Are you looking to improve your athleticism and keep up with the younger athletes in your CrossFit gym? Then look no further than our Invictus Masters program. This program places year-round emphasis on mobility and stability exercises with movements that we have seen directly benefit our Masters athletes. Our program is led by Nicole DeHart and offers a training program designed specifically for Masters athletes who are looking to compete at a higher level in the sport of CrossFit. Some of our top Masters athletes in the world train with us, including CrossFit Games champion Kevin Kester, Matt Beals, and Pat Sprague. You can learn more about their stories and the Invictus Masters program by checking out their episodes right here on the Invictus Mindset Podcast. If you'd like more information about the current training cycle or to join the Invictus Masters program, please email Nicole at InvictusAthlete.com. That's N-I-C-H-O-L-E at InvictusAthlete.com. Dot com.